Oh my god. How cool. I love that. So exciting. Wow. Hi, I'm Pip and this is Jumbled Loves a Chat. Amazing, love that it. Is stunning. That is like so flipping true. Come and get your coffee. <laughs> Cheers to that. Today's guest is beautiful in product and in personality. Five years ago, she had her first baby and like many of us, it made her question her future. And we're so, so glad that she did. It's with great pleasure that we get to catch up with Steffi Kirby from Celia Loves on Jumbled Loves A Chat today. So thanks, Steffi. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. I'm so beyond thrilled and chuffed to be sitting down and chatting with you today. I know. We are just chatting before and I was like, we have to start this podcast because we could be be talking all day long, I think. I feel like definitely we could be chatting all day long. It's it's very lovely when two brands come together and it feels like uh, a friendship as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's so great. So Celia Loves is one of my favorite brands that we stock at Jumbled and it's definitely one of the most popular brands. So for anyone that's not familiar with Celia Loves, do you want to tell everyone what you do and what amazingness your business creates? Absolutely. Any chance to talk about product <laughs> um, <laughs> development and design. So we create hand-poured soy wax candles. Um, our goal on, from the very beginning was to create an affordable, beautiful product. And by affordable, I am a chronic candle burner. It's a very expensive habit and one that I was never willing um, to give up because I feel like scents can create home in any space. And I loved that so, so much. So it was really important to me that we um, created a product that people would actually want to use rather than um, a piece of furniture um, in the home. From that, um, my love of packaging design literally bloomed and blossomed. I started with label design and we built it up to packaging. And I think along the way, we've had a few... You know, anytime we've tried to be everything to everyone, it hasn't worked. So when we say true to our um, our authentic self and vision, that's where our audience loves it and our community loves our brand. And I just love creating those scented candles that, yeah, fit people's homes and lives. And it's, yeah, it's very humbling. I love it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I love that it's a product that you don't, you know, it does feel luxurious, but because it's at a really nice price point as well. You don't feel guilty burning it. Like it doesn't just sit in your bathroom never being used because you're like, that was $70, you know? And that just seems silly not to, um, to save something for a special occasion, doesn't it? Absolutely. Well, every day for me, so my brand is about creating a ritual in your home. So I love being scented, um, yeah. I love a good pun. So it was very, <laughs> very important to me to have that affordability and that luxurious feeling as well. So we did sacrifice in our design and our concept, for example, the lid. So people kept asking us and I said, yes, I can create a lid for the product. But that means our price goes up and I would rather you use your product than have it sit there. Yeah, and- like why have a lid? Because so, you want to use it. 
Exactly right. And then the packaging design as well. So I have always been so obsessed with gifting. I have a gifting station and a gifting cupboard at home. Wrapping presents, my favorite thing to do. And I go over the top. Like I'm talking pom-poms, glitter, ribbon, all of the things. And I think about people's presents, you know, the day after Christmas, I'm already thinking for next year and people's birthdays. Like I just love the thought that goes into gifting um, and the actual wrapping of the present. I just think it's, I don't know. I just love it. Oh, and that's so that, funny. That's basically what we try to incorporate into our design. So it could be a really great grab and go gift for yourself or a friend. Um, and that's, I guess, the inspiration behind our packaging design as well. Yeah, you nail it on lots and lots of fronts. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna rewind a tiny bit. Um, I bet you were a lovely kid. Like I'm just, I can just tell. What was your childhood like? Well, fun. Um, very fun. We, my parents separated when I was two. Um, my mum is a very hard worker. Her dedication to her job is sensational. Mum is a very good chef. Oh. And my dad, yes, very good growing up. Um, and my dad has the kindest heart you have ever encountered in your life. He's just so generous um, and so I was, yeah, I was very, very lucky. And my mum remarried and had four other uh, children. So I've got two brothers and two sisters and we're just a family unit. So it's very weird for us to draw any kind of distinction. Um, and my one of my younger sisters actually works with us in dispatch now, which is very exciting. She makes me lunch every day. Thanks, oh, that's so good. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. Um, but our childhood was fun. It was loud. It was messy. My mum has a secret artistic background can draw so patchworking cross stitching ah, that's where you get it from yes musical um all of the things and we were always put outside so mum would be like I've had enough you know go outside and, and in, enjoy and we had a beautiful backyard and trees and we'd have scraped knees and um we were always building fortresses and painting and it, yeah it was just it was really lovely to be honest so did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up? Hmm. Did I know what I want to be when I grew up? Uh, no. I have the gift of the gab. So I remember when I was in grade <laughs> I remember thinking, what job? I'm going to high school next year. I felt the pressure to like decide my life in grade six. Bless. And I thought, I was like, what, what, what job is there out there that I can get paid for talking? And I was like, lawyer, I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to be in court. And that's just something. So I sat um, an exam to get into an accelerated class. In year year six. Oh, wow. Okay. And I just went in. um, So I made it to this accelerated class. So there was um, a pool of us and we basically, it was a, a great concept. We we basically skipped year seven, but we were still socially at the year seven level for language and and all of that. And he stayed with the same class the whole way through. So I, I started year twelve in year eleven and finished. You know, just it, yeah, it was very smart what I did. So <laughs> you finish that. a year early. Um. So I ended up doing year twelve twice. So I basically oh. did all the units because I wanted all the opportunities to. I, I lo- I'm a geek at heart, Pip. That's mm, my secret. Yeah. So I love learning, and I have always had that thirst, and I always love questioning and chatting to people and upskilling all the time. And I didn't recognize that until recently about myself. Um. But it's always been there. 
So I didn't really know, but I, I loved the idea that lawyers always learnt and they had to continually develop on their skills. And I thought, well, that will keep me intrigued and interested and motivated. Um, and I think the framework was very fascinating. So yes, I did know, but no at the same time, because um, when I was six, six, my landscape of what the future looks like is very different to what it is now. And technology wasn't a big piece to play as well much later on. So yes and no to answer your question. Yeah. Well, you did it though. So you became a lawyer. Yes. I was admitted to practice in 2013. Yes. How old are you? 32. 32. (laughs) She seriously looks about 19. Yeah. I get it all the time. 25 is usually the age that and I just think, yes, I just, sometimes I just own it now. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I would. I totally would. So you're a lawyer and then you had your first baby, Hazel. Correct. Yes. And then you were sort of like so many of us sort of at a crossroad. Absolutely. I didn't realize I was going to love being a mum as much as I did. And I thought I can't go back to the work force for anything less than what I love and so I didn't go back (laughs) (laughs) I just thought no it has to be something incredible that pulls me away from the time with my with my little girl Hazel and in the background because I have that kind of personality where I need to continually be busy I started to teach myself how to make candles and so that was ticking all over over in the background and then eventually did you just learn online like an online course or a a local girl showed me after a pilates class one day um i know right after a conversation was basically me saying that i'm a chronic candle burner i need to learn how to make candles and she said i make candles i can teach you and i was like great so it was just but eventually i was feeling everything and my husband was like well it's a bit expensive just to keep making hundreds of candles. Oh my god! Yeah, do something. So started off with some local markets and then um, label design, and the rest is what has brought us here, I guess. Um, but it was very much. I didn't intend to start a business, but I knew um, that whatever I did, I had to feel passion for. Yeah. yeah. Where and where does the name Celia Loves come from? I think like. The first time I met you, I obviously, I'm not very good at remembering names and I just thought your name was Celia. Yes. Sorry. This is a great, Celia is my alter ego. And <laughs> I'll take a little bit. And I, I'm sure lots of mums, not all mums, but some mums can relate to the fact that when it's a really weird transition, when you go from being um, an independent person to being pregnant where everyone worries about you and then the baby comes and all of a sudden you're kind of cast aside and you're not really recognized as a person like you're not called your name you're your mum right so that's that transition period and I remember thinking well I feel like a mum but I also feel like Steph and I don't understand um like where my identity is sitting right now because I felt like I was depending where I was I had to put on a persona of the mum or put on the persona of Steph. I couldn't find that happy place. And so Celia was actually going to start um, the headline for a blog that I wanted to do, um, yeah. creating my own identity in a space that was mine and I could be authentic in. Um, and then I needed a name for a brand. So Celia it was. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alter ego. Did you ever start the blog? No, I didn't. <laughs> 
it was lots of pen to paper and lots of emails to myself. But I, at that point, I didn't have um, the courage to create a blog. Yeah. God, that's so funny. So, you know, there are obviously a lot of candle brands out there in the market. It's pretty saturated, but yours definitely stands out. How, how did you make that happen? And also, it's kind of interesting that you went into a business where you weren't reinventing the wheel, but you did something different as well. Okay. We did, well, I started doing what I love and that was creating candles at an affordable price. Yeah. So I really valued that single income, newborn baby. You don't have the disposable income on a luxury item and candles, in my opinion, are very luxurious. Mm -hmm. It's not a necessity. We're not saving children's lives. Yeah. So for me, that was always so incredibly important. And then the other component is that we... I mean, I'm a chronic gifter as well. I think I will meet someone once and then I'll be like, based on their personality, I'll think, oh my gosh, they would love, love that tea because it's organic and it's fruity and, and all of that. And I just love gifting people. <laughs> I don't yes. know why, I just love it. And that component to our packaging design really does create such a sensory experience. When people walk into a store, they go, why is there a flamingo on that packaging? What is that? And then they have to pick it up and they look at it. So it's that visual cue and then they turn it around and they're like, oh my gosh, look at this. And it's a conversation and then interacting with the product and then they're opening it and then they're smelling it and then they're using it and it's fantastic. And that I believe is why we're doing well because we really are staying to our authentic design and we, you know, you're right. It is a saturated market, um, but I love what we do and I love what we offer. And that is that all in one, it's a grab and go gift. It's an affordable price. Um, and we don't scrimp on design. I think no. it's, so, it's, I love your saying, is it less is um, more, more is, is more. more. Yeah. Less is a ball. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because people are so afraid to gift in colour and I just think, I don't know, gifting shouldn't be boring. It should be very exciting. Yeah. I feel like your packaging and your branding is very strong. Like we already sold, had candle brands, but when I first met you at the trade fair, Jess and I were yeah. like, oh, they're all like, we've got to get Celia Loves. They were just, um, yeah. just, just bang on. Yeah. And it's because our... Um, Talking to me sometimes is like talking to spaghetti because you, it's all jumbled. <laughs> it, it's everywhere, right? And that's exactly how I see the world. So I could see the saturation in the in the plain packaging, which I think is so beautiful as well. And then I could see the saturation in the abstract, and then I could see the saturation in like those really classic fine line drawings. And I was like, oh, I don't really know if I love them all, but I loved components of it all. Mm. And that's how I saw it. I saw it as a bit of a mess, pulled out my favorite bits. And then I was like, this, this is what, this is what we have to do. And that's really, um, I guess why we have a strong brand because we don't quite sit in with any real, um, label. Yeah. That's great advice for anyone as well. Yeah. Find, find the elements that aren't there or find the elements that you love, but put them together in a new and different way. Yes. Yeah. I definitely, yes. I agree so, with that. So how did you launch the brand how did that it seems like you you did it really well well <laughs> I'm not too sure I've been learning along the way going circling back to what I said earlier in that we started really small so we didn't start with a finished product and we didn't start with a complete product but we basically tested the audience through small markets and it was an unconscious thing that 
I was instinctively doing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we, I was listening. I was like, what do you love? And people would come back and go, oh, we love the label. And I was like, oh, that's because it's leopard print on there. And then we would go, oh, why? You know, we just ask for feedback all the time. And you have to take the bad as well. And oh, you have I to hate think. that. But yeah, I know. I know. You do. You, I know. You're yeah. only as happy. Um, you're only as good as your most unhappy customer, right? So you have yeah. to keep you have to keep growing on it. And so for me, it's that real positive mindset going, I'm learning from this and it's not a failure. It's something. And, and sifting between what someone's opinion versus what's actually really great feedback um, is really important to note as well, because you're not going to make everyone happy and you just have to mm. just get that thought out of your head. It's never going to happen. Mm. Um, so for me, I took all of that back through small markets and then we got into finest keepers and then we started creating a more of a brand around it. And then, I just kept reinvesting, reinvesting, starting small and then keep building on our collections. We did some collections that didn't work as well. And those ones truthfully were when I was trying to be everything to everyone and and keep pulling it back. Um, In terms of the fragrance or in terms of the look? The yeah, look, the packaging right. design. So we did a red. So I love gingham. I've always loved gingham, and we did a red and pink one. And oh. it wasn't the fragrances were popular, but the packaging wasn't. Our Tropicana collection just kept outselling every single time. Mm. Then we brought in our Goddess collection, and pretty. our it's so pretty. And I'm mm. oh my gosh, I'm so obsessed. Um, and it, our Tropicana collection is still so strong. And then we brought in our limited editions this season, and they're very strong as well but then our goddess collection because we have such this such a beautiful community and a community that wants to feel centered in that you know self-care space are so drawn to our goddess collection because they're the people that want that little bit of extra um packaging design but still are quite um love the more of the stripped back packaging yeah so. more simple like we found our balance now yeah. yeah isn't it funny but yeah i like that whole idea of starting small and building up and not necessarily having to start with the shiny shiny things about testing there's uh, i'm sure you've heard it pip there's that saying that i love your quote it's good <laughs> it's good yeah um that if you are not embarrassed by your, your first product you started too late um, and if you've yes. start, if launched with the most perfect product, you've launched too late. So I feel there's a, a, a reasonable but an unnecessary mm. fear that you have to start from the top and you have to launch with that perfect product. And it, you, sometimes you just have to launch with one thing and build on it. And that's exactly what we did. Um, and we built it up and we just kept being smart and reinvesting. And I think, no, I, I know, I believe that asking the questions and taking the good and bad feedback mm. and keeping it all there top of mind when we're doing our product development is, is why we've been successful, I guess. Yeah. And what does your business look like today? How many staff have you got? How many stores are you in? That sort of stuff. It's pretty amazing in a pretty short period of time as well. Well, yes. So a quick timeline so I can answer your question was that I went back to, I had Hazel, I went back to work um for another company and I, i'm so obsessed with this company and i love them to pieces it was a very hard decision to leave last year um but i basically had another another little girl gracie and then i had the two girls and in that time that that need to keep being productive um was where our tropicana collection was born we got picked up by maya for a season which is really exciting and from there it really took off so it's it's probably been about two and a half years. Um, but in the last year, I'm not too sure what was in the water. 
it's just gone gangbusters. So we went from, you know, the Myers I keep separate because that's um, a major department store, but we... <laughs> We went from something like 30 or 40 wholesalers to 280 across yeah. Australia. That's amazing. <laughs> it is. It is amazing. And you have to celebrate your small it's a challenge. <laughs> it's also a challenge because you, you end up trapped in, in growth cycles. And sometimes it's really hard to shake it. And you, you, you swear you're not going to get trapped again. And then you just, your brand explodes again. So um, to answer your question, we have um, two girls in pick and pack. Yeah. We have... Um, wholesale manager we have an in-house graphic designer we work with an external um, branding designer as well then we have our agency team and I think there's like across the two brands is about or the two agencies is about six girls um as well as myself and my dad who does (laughs) what did you what did your dad do so he does lots of supply pickups for me. So he nice. needs a little logo for his um band. Oh my god, you got to have you? Has he got a little uniform? He you should, should. Get him a little uniform. He would absolutely. He would be so chuffed. Um, it's so. I just love my dad. It's oh. so beautiful. Um, at night he burns our ray um candle. So it's a clove and sandalwood base, and he's like that's his time when he when he's unwinding and I just love that fragrance because it reminds me of dad. Oh, <laughs> that's so <laughs> nice. You've got to get him a uniform. That's his next gift, I yeah, reckon. Writing it down, a uniform for dad. <laughs> <laughs> How all the girls at work, I was like, is there anything we want to ask Steffi that everyone wants to know? And they said, How how do you come up with a fragrance? How do you where does where does it where do you even start? There's um, lots of options. So for beginners, you can work um, with already established um, fragrance house or um, perfume manufacturer. We have for the last six months been working with um, a fragrance house in Sydney. So coming up with the components and the elements. So um, our names might sound the same, but we have tweaked the the formula in some way so we might want stronger bass notes as top notes and you play around with it it's a very fun process mm-hmm. um and that's how we and i do, i literally every fragrance that's in our brand mm. is something i've burnt at home so our wild vegan honeydew my girlfriends would come over oh, and that's a nice oh, one. yeah i know and yes i love it and they're like we're so obsessed you need to bring it in and i thought no no this is the one that i have at home this is like my non-work um, fragrance and then they twisted my arm enough and it came in and then the Japanese honeysuckle um, I did that as a limited edition I think about three years ago to market and everyone loved it and I thought oh, yep I've got to bring that one in so I attribute a scent to a time and um, what I love I stick to what I love yeah that's nice well then it's easy to sell what you love yeah, you know what I mean absolutely. Yes. And also you do have to be mindful that not everyone is going to exactly love that. So in our collection, we have a a nice balance now between our staple fragrances and those ones that are a little bit more left to field. So yeah. Yeah. It's interesting what our top sellers are. It's often the really sweet ones and they're not really for me as much. It's just, it's interesting what people are drawn to, but it's like anything. It's like an artwork or a piece of clothing. It's like, so personal absolutely well fragrance is personal it's like you would it's a you wouldn't go and choose a perfume for someone no unless you really understood them and i'm i'm similar to you pip in the sense that my nose palette i don't know if that's the thing no no. i i really am drawn to those more 
earthy, um, more masculine tones. And I don't know if that's because we're coming into winter. So I love the figs, um, the burnt ashes, all of that at the moment is so beautiful. It's like our driftwood and sage. I'm just obsessed for winter. Yeah, that's um, gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. Um, but it, it's very personal. So it's, it, you know, you have to have that balance in your collection as well. So what do you find most challenging in running a business, in everything? Being a boss, truthfully. Yeah. Are we allowed to speak? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> being a boss is really, it's a difficult thing. You have to find that you need to inspire your team and motivate your team and you also need to leave them alone to get so they can get the best out of themselves as well and you need to have you know influence and leadership you also have to project manage timelines and everyone else's times you're the person that gets all the questions sometimes my team will ask me a million questions I go actually don't know what the answer to this is I'm going to have to come back or um you know they might interrupt you a million times a day because what they're doing is is really important to to their workload and so encouraging them to go okay well you need to actually start writing your questions down and come to me all at once Mm. um so I continue on I you know just safeguarding your time is basically what I'm saying for me is the most challenging because I want to be there for my team. I want to support them. And being a startup is really shaky. It's like, have you seen those, um, those footages of a rocket taking off? And it's just all this, like, it's just going everywhere. It's shaking. And then all of a sudden you, you get that launch. Um, but that time before the launch is, is hard. And sometimes I'm like, guys, we just have to roll with it, figure it out, make a, make a rule, make a decision. So I hope my team always feels like they're empowered um, but being a boss is very tricky. Cash flow management, the mm. side of it, payroll is something I don't like doing. It's very stressful for me. Um, and learning to delegate tasks, I think. I know. And- it's, it's so hard, isn't it? <laughs> yes. But so me, rewarding, but it's a tricky thing. I think so. So you're right, though. It's very rewarding. Um, it's just for me the hardest thing because I don't like being bossy. <laughs> I don't know, but sometimes you have to, and sometimes you have to make really tough decisions. Um, And I just, I would never want anyone to walk away from a conversation with me feeling bad. So for me, that, you you know, is finding that balance. So motivating the team, um, getting them to understand your vision, that communication piece is so incredibly important. We have um, short, sharp five minute meetings. So we delegate um, major priority tasks and goals that we need to get done for the day. And um, one of the things that I like to try and tell my team is anytime we make a mistake, that is completely fine. If we, if we muck up, it's how we fix it. And it's Mm -hmm. the solution that we find to the problem. I don't care about the problem. I just care about how we're going to fix it. Um, 100%. yeah, so for me, that's been the trickiest and managing growth. We, as you said, we've just taken off so quickly um, and I'm always caught off guard and always shocked um, at our growth. And so managing realistic expectations and pushing yourself to be a bit ambitious as well um, can also be that uh, challenge. Like for us at the moment, we're forecasting for Christmas. So we want to make oh, sure that we bring people... <laughs> their products in a timely manner and so there's to minimize delays because our product is handmade so mm. planning and forecasting i do because it's a it's an unknown so it's a bit of it's a bit of calculated risk yeah and a bit of just see what happens and give it a go i know <laughs> like biting off a bit more than you can chew and 
keep it interesting. Yeah. She'll work out. She'll work out. I always say that. Oh, she'll be right. Guys, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Everything yeah. will work out. So what gives you the most joy in your business? Product development, just in case yeah. you couldn't already tell. Yeah. Um, for what gives me the most joy? Genuinely, the, the product development. And when I say that, I mean that in, in so many facets. The actual design, I have yeah. so much fun. That concept and seeing it printed, seeing it printed then in stores, in homes, gifting it. When people start, I had this, I, I do have to tell you this, and I always love giving this feedback back to the team, is we had one girl who'd never heard of our brand before purchased from a local stockist and she slid into our DMs and said, I'm so obsessed with your candles, I'll never buy from another candle brand. Tell Aww. me what all your stockists are. I want to know where my closest one to home is. And it was, for me, that product development to the point where you create that community connection is is really what gives me joy and really what I love. Yeah. yeah isn't that amazing? Just from the product and using it, you then get a lifelong fan. Oh, well, community friend. They're friends. Yeah. <laughs> I love our community, but it's, it's that human connection. And I think that's so undervalued in product offerings. I just, yeah, I think human connection is very important. And that's what that truly gives me the most joy. So that, that timeline from products to consuming, being consumed. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's fun. That's the creative part too, probably, you know, it's the managing the day to day and the forecasting that's, you know, the kind of stressful, trickier part of all of that. What, you know, we've been with Corona and everything, we've been giving a small business tip every day. Um, Yeah. I've been been screenshotting. (laughs) What advice would you give to people who were thinking of um, starting something for themselves or that were in the thick of it, you know? I truly believe by just starting, you've overcome the biggest hurdle. You're just starting. And by starting, it could be reaching out to a supplier. It could be doing the framework, the pricing framework around it. It doesn't – I feel like people – believe they need to launch with this end product and the truth is products should always be continuing developing and you should be having that feedback and there should be modifications along the way and just starting you've read you're beginning that process and you're on your way to your product um so for me that's my best business tip and for someone in the thick of it sometimes you got to take five and just chill out and it's all going to work out you sometimes you just need to press pause and reset and when I'm very overwhelmed, my team know if my headphones are in, I'm obviously stressed about something. I need to focus. So I love listening to music and I use that time to press pause, recharge. Um, usually I've gone for a walk around the block. Um, so sometimes pressing pause to set yourself up for success for the future is, is just as beneficial as getting it done. Mm-hmm. I had to go for a walk yesterday as well. <laughs> I was like losing the plot. Yes. I was mad that everyone was having too good a time. And I was like... <laughs> At work, yeah. I was like, this was my goal and, like, I shouldn't be mad. So I'm going. I'm off yeah. and just had to go for a walk. I felt so much better. Yeah. It's, and sometimes you just – it's that physical standing up and walking and removing yourself from the situation that is – yeah, it's beneficial, but we have like a little block. So I power walk around <laughs> there, I come back and I'm ready to go. So and listening to music brings me joy as well. Yeah. And it's something that's not 
um, my business isn't about. So I always revert back to that as well. Put on some good beats. I've always got like a happy song at the moment. It's, um, I'll have a quick look at my playlist. You should, do you have a Celia Loves playlist? We sure do. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to put that in, um, Insta stories when we release the podcast. So go Um, looking for that one. Um, so it's by confidence, man. And does it make you feel good? And it's just real jazzy. And if I need a bit of a mood restart, I put it on and I'm like, yep, I'm ready to go. I I love that. That's cool. That's good advice. Now I love following you on Instagram and you're very authentic and you're very positive and, and you know, it's exactly the way you, you are. Um, and I often think, you know, I feel like at Jumble we have lots of content because we have new things coming in all of the time, whereas you do have new things coming in all of the time, but you're just selling like your own brand. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just interested to know how how you keep delivering something new when you're selling the same thing and a similar message, but you don't seem really salesy. It just feels like a nice lifestyle. Well, I believe it's because my business journey is following my own personal life journey, I guess. And it's the product I use in my own home. So if I'm feeling inspired by a fragrance, I love sharing that with people because potentially they're in a similar mood. You know, I love comfort, right? Everyone does. And similar to my dad, I love that, that spicy clove and sandalwood and just communicating how we use the product to our community helps. Very authentic. Yes. I remember there's one lady who said in my DMs, she's loved me since the day my salad blew away in the wind. So I tried to eat <laughs> salad. Um, I was trying to take a five minute break, break and it was so windy and I tried to eat my salad and all my lettuce flew out and my tomato stayed at the bottom. And I just thought I have to share this because this is a funny failing for the day. Yeah. And I think it's being authentic and creating that human connection. Yet we are a, a, an established brand or establishing ourselves as a brand, but we're still people. We're still real genuine people behind the scenes. And I definitely get my positivity from my dad. I genuinely believe everything is going to work out. And sometimes you just have to ride those waves and to appreciate the sunshine on the other side. Oh, he sounds like an awesome person. That's nice. Yeah. He's my rock. I love my dad. That's so good. So you've, I think through your social media, you've created this really lovely community, but it's not just a community of your customers it seems like it's a community of like businesses as well you sort of connect with businesses and kind of not promote each other but share one another yes well it's i am inspired by anyone giving it a go and if we can use our platform and our community to showcase that then why not i can't see the harm in doing that and potentially that's why we are able to deliver some fresh content because if it resonates with me and how I use my products then because our community values are so aligned um, potentially our community will utilize it um, whatever we might be promoting or find some joy from it so my biggest one is like I love earrings there's lots of um, beautiful brands that I love promoting that way you're wearing great earrings today (laughs) <laughs> so it works with us and Hello Hemi. Um, I love Kingston. I love Ameldo. I know you're wearing your Ameldo earrings. Yes, yeah. And, you know, self-care, local food eateries. Um, it was very tricky in 
the coronavirus time and I stumbled near our warehouse, I stumbled across this um, cafe and they were doing a skip so you could, a skip program so you could order your coffee in advance and you could run in and get it. You didn't need to exchange money because it was already done through the platform. And I thought, no, I have to tell people this is where they can get mm-hmm. coffee from. And so that community spirit is, is one of the pillars of our values in our brand is community. So um, I love, yeah, love connecting with other like-minded businesses as well. Yeah. And how you seem like you got it all pretty well together. You've got two kids. <laughs> Have you got the work-life balance? Absolutely not. It's um, no, truthfully we do, but we don't always have the balance. And I think it's a real um, eye-opener running a business, having two small children. Mm. We have that at home with us. You know, um, it's important to have good communication and be fluid. And sometimes we are a little bit scrappy in chat planes, Sorry, plans change and yeah. that's okay. And that communication point and find, so something's got to give at some point. So you can't do it all. So we've had an epic last few weeks. I was feeling so exhausted and I was like, I am giving myself permission to relax and just reset and recharge. I did that for a couple of nights just to really make sure that I was being authentic to myself as well and genuine recognizing I can't do it all Mm. and putting my hand up and going okay I need some time out here um and also for the kids um making sure that you know they grow so quickly how old how old are they both now so Hazel is five she is um a prep year foundation student and then it is so much fun in their little cute uniforms and then Gracie is just about to turn three oh so busy but it's just the little things that matter you don't have to it's just you know Gracie and I went for a walk yesterday and picked flowers and that was just really no phones no distractions just that really um personable contact I guess yeah I'm together it was really it was beautiful and it was what we both needed as well um so yes the balance is always ongoing it's not it's not a hard and fast rule it's not we don't have schedules we've got calendar reminders we have our non-negotiable time frames but then we've got flex in our in our scheduling as well mm. and we also rely on our um, extended family to help us out so it's not just us we do call it out and go okay we can't do it all what do we need to do to safeguard our time with the family our time with our business and our time to ourselves so is it ongoing it's it's a fluid concept as you know you're not always going to get it right but most of the time we do yeah so I guess that brings us to self-care and your your like ethos at your business is a lot of self-care as well and I'm sure there's a lot of business owners and and mums and um, people out there that are not very good at that I think I need it what is it (laughs) it's creating a ritual so for me candles have I've always been obsessed with candles forever and you you people have that classic lighting it in the bathroom when they're going to have a bath Mm. you can light it in your bedroom as well and you can read a book um and it's that really it's almost like that kind of romantic ritual of like I'm lighting my candle and giving yourself um, permission to relax and unwind, whatever that might be. So I have a candle with me right now. I don't know if you can see um, through our Zoom Ah, chat. pretty. It's, and I've got my cup of tea and I'm in my happy place. And for me, that that self-care can translate to those small meaningful moments. It doesn't have to be. Mm, like a mindfulness <laughs> meditation yeah. type thing. Yes. I love Pilates. That's also for me is beautiful. So I make sure I always do Pilates classes as well. Mm-hmm. Knowing what works for you, I think. Creating a ritual around what works for you and, and how you feel most fulfilled, I think, is really important in self-care. Oh, that's good. I'm going to do that. 
Yeah, do it. You'll love it. <laughs> how, how have you found Corona? How's this, this last three months? I think I was counting. Yes, it's been a while. How did I find? Well, from a business perspective, we started to feel um, the, we, we started to feel it in the beginning in the sense that we came off the back of Christmas, we came off the back of Chinese New Year, and then things were closing down and it was hard to get through to our suppliers. So, you know, our packaging printing company and, and all of that. And so it was, we were on the, the back foot, I guess, in the beginning. And then we had the trade fair. And then it, that, it was that unknown. So there's that really scared vibe. And as I've said to you before, I fundamentally think everything's going to work out. So I wasn't, I wasn't too worried because I knew mm-hmm. We would survive. We're in the middle of a technological revolution. So I yes. knew that we would, could do it. I just reshifted my focus from wholesale to e-com because that was the best way that we could serve our community at the time. And then I also re-looked at my structure that we had or our offering that we had to our wholesalers to see if there was any way that we could help them yeah. um, and to get product, to whatever it might be, whatever it looked like. And it was assessed on a case-by-case basis because um, we wanted it to be a tailored thing as well. And then all of a sudden, everyone was at home working, burning their candles, and we just were, went gangbusters mm. and have not stopped until this week, basically. And I'm grateful for a few days to relax. Um, it's been good, challenging being at home, challenging not being able to see family and friends, challenging... Mm in so many facets but at the same time it's also so lovely to have all exterior commitments removed so I know wasn't that lovely it was really nice and I am a social butterfly I love going out and I say yes to everything for FOMO I never want to miss out and for me I was like I did not realize I loved being at home so much and I'm in my dressing gown at eight o'clock with my face mask on, with my candle burning, and I was in heaven. Um, so for me, it was challenging in the business front, but on a personal level, loved being at home. Um, a bit stir crazy by the end. By the end, I was like, okay, I need- <laughs> yeah. let me out now. I've had enough. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, but I hope you guys were well as well during the coronavirus. It's a. It was challenging. No one knew how to navigate through it. No, I was really stressed those first couple of weeks and then I decided to try and use it to our advantage and yeah. we're reopening again when this yeah. podcast launches. Ooh, it will, we will nice. have opened the doors. Oh, um, what a feeling. Yeah, but I feel kind of stressed in that I want it all to be perfect because we've rebranded and all sorts of things, but I think I just kind of have to let that go because I don't think my new packaging will be here. <laughs> Tam Corona, but no, yeah. I think it was lovely to enjoy the family time and like step back a little bit and reevaluate everything that we're doing. But yeah, hopefully people will notice the nice changes when they come in or go to yeah. our website. Your and stuff like that. As well. I've oh God, <laughs> just I'm still hurting from painting the skirting oh boards. God. Like I just old old knees, old body. <laughs> so what do you still want to achieve? with Celia Loves, with everything? There is so much. I feel like I will never feel content in the sense that there's always new developments and progressions and I have a concept that I want to launch in the next few months. For, yeah. That's an offshoot of Celia Loves. And in the future, well, we've... Ooh. Um, oh, I've got such a big mouth and I get excited about things. No, I'm no good at either. Do you want to give a hint? People will feel centered more often. 
Oh, okay, good. Right. Okay, go. Okay. And then, well, circling back to what we're saying about community and how much we value our community um, and recognising why my business first started, we want to create a platform to help uh, get women back into the workforce, into the workforce, um, whether they're young school children, when I say young school children, not I mean teenagers. Yeah. Can work, you know, get them, get them getting practical experience in real life situations, teach them practical skill sets that they can transfer to, you know, other facets of their life. Um, I was saying to you, Pip, before we started recording the podcast that I was a waitress for many years through uni and that transferable skill of customer service has literally translated to my business because the customer is always right. We want to make them happy. We want to see that their feedback, communicating, um, just that time management is so important. And being a mum can be very hard. It's a really tricky balance at times getting back into the workforce. And some people mm. don't want to work full time. And that opportunity for part time roles, hopefully from the corona, as you were saying, will re jig people's mindsets. But getting women back into the work workforce. Being flexible with family is very important and I feel like we're quite slow on the uptake on that mm. and I hope that we are pioneers in that regard because our team members are mostly mums. They work from 9.30 to 3 p.m. and I recognise that that works for them. They can do the mum thing in the morning, drop them off, pick the kids up, go, you know, it's just I feel like we're behind and so for me mm. I want to create a framework and a network around a talent pool of women and getting them into the workforce on whatever that might look like. So for that's me, so that's good. Yeah. That's what I want and um, that's what's keeping me inspired and my business allows me to connect, like you said, with other like-minded businesses to test the, to test the waters, to see what it looks like. And hopefully it's a, it's a platform and a program we can roll out and other companies will use as well. Oh, I think that's a great, a great way place to, um, find new talent and stuff like I love employing mums because I feel like they're just so efficient with time yeah. and yeah. with about prioritizing things as well I think um yeah it's such a great idea yes I think so and just because you've had children doesn't mean you lose your your skill sets either so it could be for example, I would love to have a bookkeeper come in and help me with that side. And a mum who's working part-time, who does maybe a kinder drop-off, who only has two hours, what a great opportunity to, for them to earn some money themselves. But for it's also beneficial to my business. And yeah. I don't have to employ another person full-time. It's that casual relationship um, with them or that skill set that we can rely on as a business as well. So for me, I just think it seems practical and sensible that we would hire from that talent pool. It's great. Oh, sign me up. I want to hire it from that <laughs> yeah. talent pool. I guess the future, we also have a little collaboration coming out. I don't know. I don't even know when, but it's amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I've printed it off and it's on my inspiration mood board and I keep looking at it and I'm like, it just makes me happy. And yeah. the fragrance as well is delightful. It's yeah. So, so it's going to be a diffuser and a candle and it's sort of, yeah. um, inspired by Morocco and it's yes. so cool it's it it's really like fun? yeah you sent through the pictures of the packaging and I just like I, we can't wait to share it it's just yay yeah. makes me it. excited about 
you know, the, the rest of the year. Like I know it's already halfway done, but I think, oh, so many good things happening and good things to be looking forward to. Absolutely. And it's like I said to you before, that product development and seeing your response makes me so incredibly thrilled and excited to see how the rest of your community will respond to it as well. But I, I did follow your adventures through Morocco. So we had mm. lots of insight to what made you happy. So it was very easy to design the package. It's sort it's of, it's bigger. like, yeah, Moroccan yeah. rose and orange yeah. blossom. It's like, you know, exotic and yeah, I think people are going to love it. But anyway, watch this space okay. on that one. Okay. So that brings us to the jumbled mixed bag. So what is the best thing that you were that you've ever, ever smelt in the whole entire world? Oh, gosh. This is a really tricky one. Can I have multiple answers? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so I need to preface it and say that I love fragrance. I've always, like I'm an overspritzer with my perfume. I've always, always, always loved, always loved perfume and fragrances. So for me, I'm going to say Estee Lauder, linen because it reminds me of my childhood and snuggling in to my mum on the couch oh. watching movies with the family and it just reminds me so much of mum but in saying that though when I first had hazel I had a, a lemongrass candle burning so I when I smell lemongrass I think of the, those beautiful infancy days with um hazel and I love the smell of fresh cut grass as well. oh, same. <laughs> why would I just do it's just those yeah. I love like hot bitumen after it, yep. just after it's rained <laughs> yes. and basil. There's a new fragrance for you, bitumen and basil. basil. You know? <laughs> um, we used to do a mandarin and basil one and it was, it was beautiful. Oh, um, yum. But yeah, so to end, I love fragrances. I just love how fragrance can transport you to moments in time. So for mm. me, like when I, when I smell yeah, white linen, I always think of my mum. Lemongrass, I think of, you know, Hazel and, and Gracie Girl. Oh, my gosh. I was eating – this is not probably appropriate for the podcast. You might need to cut this out. <laughs> but I was eating um, a chorizo bagel. And so anytime I, like, smell like chorizos, I'm like, oh, my God, I had a baby an hour after I had lunch one oh day. Oh, my God. So, you were so funny. Yeah, um, it's funny how it takes you back, like a song – can take yeah. you back to a place or every now and then I'm like, oh, that smells like the inside of my old pencil case in kindergarten. And everyone goes, yeah. so weird. And I'm like, I just yeah. love the smell of Derwent pencils. And yeah, I had Derwents. I loved my yeah. Derwents. Oh, same. I bought them I for my kids. <laughs> oh, I know. And I was like, look, and they were just so not that into it, but I just, yeah, just running my hands over the case. But yeah, isn't it funny where it takes you to? So if you weren't making candles, mm -hmm. what do you think you'd be doing? <sighs> if I wasn't, I, I have said it on the podcast. I am a nerd at heart. I love business. So it would have to be something business related. Definitely. What that is, I don't know. Um, not too sure. <laughs> I don't know. Business. Can I answer yeah, that? <laughs> yeah, you can answer business. If you're an item of clothing, what would you be? I would be my Olga Berg. Is it Olga Berg? No, Olga. Um, Olga de Polga. Olga de oh, If I was an item of clothing, I would be my sparkly rose Olga de Polga item t-shirt. I love yes. that. Yes. 
I feel like a shiny disco ball. Like yes. Yeah, we just got it into the store and um, yeah. it's so beautiful, isn't it? It's so gorgeous and I wear it and I feel happy and I just love that it's sparkly. So my nickname is Sparkles because I love <laughs> shiny things. Yeah, I like that. That's good. I thought your nickname was Spaghetti Brain. Well, I've got so many. I've got Smurf <laughs> and I'm always cold. Um, space cadet Steph because I my mind wanders because of my spaghetti brain. So yeah. <laughs> there's a few. What would you tell your younger self? Everything is going to work out. You just need to enjoy the journey. Um, mm. I have this in. I used to have this insatiable need to just know what I was doing, and I'm very comfortable now with not knowing because life changes. It's flexible, so everything's just going to be okay. That's it. I like that. Yeah. If you're on a reality TV show, what one would you be on? Oh, gosh. Maybe I would be on the OC. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah, but you can have that one. Oh, my God. Um, Even that music takes me back. I know. Um, well, I don't I, – the Kardashians wouldn't like me because I start with an S. And there's too much drama for me. Um, it just have to be something super low key mm. where I could just be the happy person in the background. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. And what's you know, we were talking before that you're you have a quote for every situation and love quotes, yes. but you're very wise. What is your favorite quote if you had to just pick one? Um you can't ask a fish to climb a tree because it will grow up its whole life thinking it's stupid. And that is something to that effect. I've just adapted it. (laughs) (laughs) You can claim that as your quote then, I reckon, if you've adapted it. I just, you know, you have to be in the right situation to be your best self. So whether that's in your work, your relationship, um, your own self, you have to be in your environment that works well for you. A fish genuinely cannot climb a tree. So if you're assessing it on its ability to climb a tree, it's always going to fail. But, you know, a monkey can climb a tree. So if you're a monkey, it's a perfect environment for you. Put a fish in water and it can swim. And I think that is so important to recognise what environments are good for you personally and relationships and work-wise as well. So I'm always drawn to that quote. And will it matter in five minutes? If it does matter in the next... No, if what's that one about five minutes? Oh yes, yes, as well. If it's not if it doesn't, matter, don't spend another five minutes on it. Just you know, don't worry about the future. We don't know what's happening. Just focus on what's in front of you and do your best, and that's all you can ask of yourself. I love that. Even the courier um, said he said something to me the other uh, yesterday morning, and I was like, oh, I'm a bit worried about reopening again. And he was like, oh, there's no point worrying about what hasn't happened yet. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Of course. I've got another one. Hang on. (laughs) This is my other one. Worrying is like a rocking chair. Gives you something to do but gets you nowhere. So sometimes you've got to have your little moment, but you've got to pick yourself up and carry on because no one else is going to do it for you. And you know what you should do next? Like (laughs) a a book of of, of life's lessons, like a little quote book that goes with Celia Loves Candles. Like I actually think it would be great. But thank you so much for chatting to us today. Like it's just been so enjoyable and I could chat to you all day. You're so wise. (laughs) I try to be. I'm sure my team would see the other side of it all of me becoming wise. But it's been so lovely to chat about our journey with you. So thank you so much for having us. Yeah, and can't wait to see how Celia Loves grows from strength to strength. So thank you. 
No worries. Hey, thank you so much for listening and sharing a glass of bubbles with us. Please subscribe if you want to hear more and share it with all your kick-ass businesswomen friends. So until next time, stay fabulous.